0: You're listening to the New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters, and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name is Elle.
1: And I'm Jared
0: and you are listening to The New Leaf Project. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. Jared, why don't you tell us a little bit about this interview that we've got coming up?
1: So in today's episode, we are, we're, we're, we are hearing from one of our contributors, Preston Puto, who's here with us today. Preston, uh, we're, you were interviewing a guy named Tim Keener. He's working in Montreal, which I think is a fascinating and important Canadian city uh, in terms of our our national identity. Uh, he's also part of your denomination. So tell us a little bit about what we're going to be hearing in this episode, and and particularly why is Tim Tim and his story uh, of interest to you? Why Why did you Why did you want to interview him?
2: Well, uh, first of all, Tim's Tim's were really cool, cool guy. He has a, he has a big, big heart. Um, and just a, just a ton of, of capacity. He, he, he's an American, uh, was a missionary in France and now is in Mont- Montreal. Um, and it's interesting too, because, uh, the context that the covenant church decided to plant in, I mean, most of our churches are, are on the Canadian prairies. Um, and now we're saying, Hey, let's go into this place that has both a deeply, uh, a long Catholic religious history, but yet some people say that it's one of the most irreligious cities in the country. Just the fact that so few people uh, go to, to church or would identify as a Christian. And so, so I really wanted to to hear, you know, what has the experience been like? I think he's about a couple years in now living in Montreal. What has it been, been like being in that location?
1: So one of the things I find fascinating in interviews is, 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 I love hearing people's stories, but I'm often left with uh, questions, not because they didn't do a good job of telling their story, but because they're just, it, it tweaks something for me. So was there any, any unfinished business or any new lines of inquiry that you want to explore after this interview?
2: Well, yeah, Tim, Tim and I consider consider around over drinks and talk for quite a long time, and I kind of wish that 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 we would have kept recording because, uh, you know, one of the big questions that I think keeps coming up is when we send a missionary overseas, let's say to France or some some other country, we call them a missionary, and there's kind of a lifelong support. There's a network of people that that pay attention to that person prayerfully, encouraging them in in this other culture. Uh, with church planting, we say, hey, we. We will um help you start up we will pay attention to you for a couple of years and then you have to be something called self-sufficient <laughs> which is a fine way of saying we aren't going to send you money anymore you are now going to be a church that you know contributes back in a certain way and maybe helps other churches start up or so on and so uh what do we do then and this is this is my my big question is how do we uh how do we view and encourage those church planters that are in places where the church is maybe not what you might call self-sufficient and might not be for a long time if they're doing that kind of hard incarnational local um, uh, neighborhood work that that we think is so important in church planting in Canada today? So I, I think I think uh, Tim is in one of those places and uh, we briefly touched on it, but I probably would, would would have liked to kind of journey down that a little bit longer.
0: Thanks, Preston. That sounds really exciting. Let's give this episode a listen.
2: Hi, my name is Preston Puteau. I am here with Tim Keener, and we are in all places in Louisville, Kentucky. Hi, Tim.
3: Yes, we are. How are you doing, Preston?
2: (laughs) Good. So we have been here at uh, the Midwinter Conference for the Evangelical Covenant Church, the church you and I are both part of. Mm-hmm. And, um, it takes us coming down into the States to be able to talk to fellow Canadians from other parts of the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, you, uh, Tim is, is, is a Francophonie.
3: Bonjour, ça va? Oui, bonjour, ça va bien, merci.
2: And I suppose Louisville has, has some French history here too, although I've, yeah I haven't must right yeah it must <laughs> um anyway um w- so happy for you to sit down with me a little bit i'm just going to give a little bit of context and ask ask a few questions here you are uh you were born in the states mm-hmm. you are now a ch- a church planter, but your journey towards church planting went towards being a missionary first in France
0: yeah exactly
2: and then you are now a church planter in Montreal, right? Yeah, in
3: Montreal. Yeah, in Quebec.
2: In 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 Quebec. Now, it's been said Quebec is not an easy place to plant a church. There's some interesting context to the history and so on, but paint 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 me a picture first as to the neighborhood you live in, how long you've been there, what is yeah, what is what is a day in the life in Montreal look look like for you and your family?
3: Okay. Well, my family of 6 uh, we live in a borough called Verdun, and Verdun is a borough that's just west of downtown. So we're within a couple within a couple subway stops of getting to the city core in Montreal. Uh, so we can jump on the metro, we can jump on the bus uh, from our neighborhood. There's a lot of row houses. Um, you can be out at eleven o'clock at night, and there would be you know dozens, if not hundreds, of people still kind of walking around, and and uh, it, it's it's a very it's a very populated area. Um, I, I told some folks that were out from on the prairies out west that that our our borough is two by three kilometers uh, okay. in space, and we have sixty five thousand people living wow. in our borough. And then of course the larger metropolitan area is nearly four million. So
2: wow, wow! So your 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 kids attend a local school. You have you are immersed right in this neighborhood. You speak French, so you uh, come in with that, but but I'm guessing it's different from from where you uh, you have come from. What is
3: it, what has been the experience for for your children, especially? Yeah, well, it's been interesting because uh, all of our family spent enough time in France working among the French to to really get fluent. Uh, and French is a second language, so none of us are are French born, or you know, sure. it's not our first language. Uh, we were also in the US between France and Canada. So we kind of came to Quebec like hoping to, to regain a little bit of our lost, uh, th- those things that we missed the most in France. And uh, what we found actually is that that they're just they're, they're remnants of maybe the, the French culture, but we actually had to fall in love with Quebec mm-hmm. for Quebec. and uh, so the accents very different obviously. but out even even if, if you compare the French uh, linguistic shell, Inside, Quebecers are North American, and so it took me a while it took me like eight months to realize that i I really need to look at Quebecers more like Americans like North Americans in culture so
2: do do, do, you, do, do you have any stories of being in a shop, meeting locals where you really um, learned some of
3: those uh, interesting lessons? Well, it seems like every day right like every conversation, but I remember um, in particular, I was actually having dinner late with uh, some Parisian French friends. And um, I was telling them, it was like my sixth month, I was like, I just, I do not, I don't get Quebecers. And like all the people at the table let me go on and on and on. And then they all just kind of laughed. And I'm like, what's everybody laugh? Like, why don't I understand why this is so humorous? And they said, because you're describing yourself. Like we see what you're describing is how, how the, the French would see any American, any really? North American. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a bit of our learning curve, which is, which so, is beautiful so and messy. A,
2: a bit of a journey of the heart, personally, maybe before you uh, end it, up in there.
3: Yeah, it is. It's like, um, <laughs> it's yeah, we've had to fall in love with it. Um, it's it's like a second marriage, you know. which just you have to love it for what it is, and you can't compare it to your past experience. So
2: you are now, uh, you have been uh, in, invited by by our church, by our larger church body to to move to Montreal and plant a church, uh, and you stepped in. But the journey into that has been a little bit different. It's uh, um, Oftentimes, as church planters, we move into a context or we're living in that context. We start gathering some people around, and and within a a few months or years, we are able to gather people together and um, start to get a sense of direction. Uh, but it's but it seems that your journey into Montreal has been, well, probably from an outside view, a little bit slower um, because you are really paying attention to some particular dynamics. What are you What are you observing as somebody who's a who kind of comes with those missionary eyes into the Montreal context? And how has that um, how has that affected the
3: pace or shape of uh, the work you're you're doing yeah well, I think for the most part, the type of church planting that I see in North America today uh, is largely planter driven sure, and so um, maybe a predominant way for example in 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 my circle, the circle that that we kind of run in in my denomination, my people look for a person who has an obvious sense of call and who has leadership qualities, who has a capacity to gather people around them. Um, and that works really well. Um, for example, if someone grew up in Calgary and they're gonna reach Calgarians. Um, my the work that we're doing is 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 uh is is quite um counterintuitive to that, I guess. It's it's quite different in the sense that we're not planting with a Montrealer. Um, uh, or I, I can't fill the roles of someone who grew up there and who went to the schools and who knows all of you know all the history of the neighborhood and, and those right, kind of things. Right. So it does resemble the kind of church planning that I worked around when I worked in Europe. Um, I had church planning friends in Spain and France and Bulgaria and had loose contact with church planners all around the world. And uh, it was so recognizing that there is I, there are actually many more cultural. Um, Levels of distance between the people that I work among and myself so i 'm working very cross culturally um, and I think that seems a little bit hard for some planters to maybe see that um, but that 's the reality is that we have to take into account that there th- this this kind of huge gap um, and so there are some ways that we that we try to adjust for that um, but that's that 's probably the biggest difference in in our, the kind of, the work that we're invested in, and uh, other planners I know around Canada and the U.S.
2: So what, you have been in Montreal for a few years now? Yeah, we're in our
3: our third year right now.
2: Third year. So uh, what does the shape of what God's doing in and around you look like now, three years in?
3: Well, I think the biggest, the... The biggest shape that it's kind of taken is really um, kind of a coaching or a walking alongside ministry, and so we gave ourselves two years to just kind of move in and work with the surrogate church first just so that we could become acquainted with with the culture what's explain that a little bit what's a sur- well so we sur- realized that we were kind of being parachuted in yeah. just kind of dropped in and uh, there's some obvious challenges with that. And uh, generally, like I said, in North America, we don 't do that type of planning. We, it, when, if we can find someone in the neighborhood who's god 's called, just it 's a perfect fit. There's right. no cultural learning or language adaptation or anything to have. They already have it so and, and we had to account for that gap sure. and so whereas sometimes church planners have some kind of timeline, like one to four years, we said, well we 're starting at like minus two <laughs> or minus three yeah sure. And so how do More, we accommodate yeah. for becoming a part of the community? in which we want to minister and so we prayed for uh an existing church and we said god where 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 are your people and uh who who is of a a, of a good kind of kindred who are the kindred spirits that that we can work with and we came across uh, a little evangelical anglican church called saint peter's Hmm. and uh it was great because are they
2: in the area that that you live, or across town, or they're, they they're
3: about they're about fifteen minutes away. Okay, so they're in a separate borough, mm-hmm. um, pretty much the same side of Montreal, um, but they're not in our immediate parish. What I would call parish, and so that leads into um, another ministry that we've kind of uh, slowly evolved into, and that is we started seeking. Where God was already working in our neighborhood, in our immediate neighborhood. And we came across the group of Christians that had already been gathering for over a year and who generally sensed that call from God to, to start a church in their neighborhood, to start a Francophone church in their neighborhood. And when we became acquainted with them, we told them, like, we're here. We're looking for where God's at work. And they immediately asked if we, if we would start meeting with them. And so that began a transition from what was kind of where we were learners in this with the surrogate relationship with the church to all of a sudden moving into kind of coaches and walking alongside a group. So this obviously is very different, or it seems different to me at least from Mm -hmm. the, the church planners that I, that I encounter and, and learn with sometimes when I go to conferences and things. Um, because we're, we're not exactly the ones doing the work as much as we're looking for others that are, that are doing the work and working through them. And I think that, um, that brings that brings to play a lot of things that we learned from working overseas.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what is when when you start to look down the road a bit where where do you imagine this this going? What do you see God's hand in in terms of shaping between you know god's interest is in is in this is in this uh Anglican church in this mm-hmm. local community gathering
3: your your well being what do you what do you see god god doing there um well I think I see god using us to encourage and to edify and to build up people um in the case of the 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 anglican church it's a community that's already there sure Um, and so our role is really to build them up and to excite them a bit about reaching the people around them for Christ. In the, in the neighborhood role, it's kind of interesting, uh, because I turned 40 soon. So, I'm I'm not as young as some of the people that are in this group and they're, they're kind of intuitively look to us for a little bit of affirmation and a little bit of like, Hey, are we okay? And, uh, so it's like, it's an amazing, it's amazingly simple job (laughs) because, all we have to do is just be present and give a little confidence and just you know, kind of encourage people that they're doing the right thing and that this is going to be okay. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it really embodies a word that we use. Uh, there's a French word that we use called cheminée. And so chemin is a, is a road um, or a street, and cheminée is to walk along alongside of someone. And so this kind of cheminement is walking alongside of other people doing doing ministry with them not doing ministry to them or for them
2: Mm -hmm. now just a couple days ago i sat in a room with 200 some church planters you've probably been in some of these rooms too i mean amazing stories from across north america um you know i think i think the covenant church right now is planting you know a a church every couple weeks somewhere and it's it's exciting um your language might be different than a lot of the church planting language there do you uh do you ever feel like you have something that you you know want to put your hand up and say hey i there is
3: another way to maybe <laughs> get to the culture that you're stepping into you know i do um and at times i feel like i might be missing some kind of gene in my dna like i didn't get the right <laughs> church planter gene because my approach is is different and i don't I just don't fit the shoes the way that some of the others do. Uh, but the more that I've been kind of in this pattern, the more I've accepted uh, that God gives us all you know, just a really unique individual calling. Our past is a part of that. Um, just God's wonderful mercy is a part of that. He, he shapes us to be the people we are. Mm. And um, I love the Yiddish proverb that says, if I become like him, who will become like me? And so just this idea that I have total freedom to be 100% who I am and who God's created me to be, and that might look a little bit different than another church planner.
2: You have, um, because of this position you are in, every missionary uh, we try to figure out how do we create sustainability here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are somebody who's, who is stepping in. You are in between. You are being a being a bridge builder and... Uh, and uh, Helping people see the kingdom of God alive in 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 that part of Montreal. What uh, w- what are some of your challenges that you're seeing uh, in in terms of creating sustainability in that
3: in that role? Well, I think that that's probably one of the biggest challenges mm-hmm. um, for church planning going on right now or sure. facing us right now. Um, and I I simply think that we need as much as possible to embrace more than one solution because our problems are more than one type of problem. And the planters that we have coming to us are more than one type of planter. And the neighborhoods that we're ministering to are more than one type of neighborhood. So we have to become pluralist in our approach um, and be creative.
2: Because the system right now, at least within some of our our contexts, is you get an enthusiastic church planter, you um, partner them, find some funds to kind of kick them out the door, usually it's a sliding scale or something to that effect until they're kind of out on their own and the community is supporting them themselves and uh and everybody cheers and and we praise god and 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 so on but um but that doesn't always work and it doesn't work in your your context so what are some of the solutions that you think you're finding
3: well you know it's and I don't want to knock that because I think that, that, uh, that does work extremely well for, in, for certain contexts for, uh, yeah, for, for certain ecology or for certain, you know, um, application. For us, we found that coaching a group of people already existing in the neighborhood who were closer to the culture than we were was a better option. Uh, and we found that rather than me imposing my vision as a church planter, um, to asking that group what is your calling what is what do you do? what do we sense as a group as a team as an apostolic band what do we sense that god doing we thought that was a better approach and so the next step then was to exegete our neighborhood and say just like good missionaries or mm-hmm. you know good interpreters of culture like who are the people in our neighborhood and what do they value and what do they care about and how would we communicate ourselves to them? So I'm not saying other church planters might not do some of those same things, but we tried to be more context-driven than planter vision-driven. Um, so that's the approach we've taken, and I think it's it's uh, it's a good approach for us.
2: You have learned a few important steps along the way too. You had um, that that I think are very, very helpful, the three L's. <laughs> I found this fascinating when, when, when we were chatting. What what are the, the three L's of church planting in, in this kind of context? Oh.
3: Well, I think that the best gift of living overseas or living sure. in a cross-cultural setting is that it completely humiliates you. And you, you can't just... You can't just assert yourself. Um, you you don't know the language well, you don't know the culture, you don't have the, the cultural credit to just say. So you always, you always have to start from a place of humility and learn. Um, so these are the three L's that I came across. Um, you listen first, listen well, listen before you speak. Uh, second L is learn. From what you've heard, what do you need to understand? And, and, you know, what's of value in what you've listened to? And the third is lead. So before you ever lead, listen well and learn from what you've heard. And I think that that just kind of goes along with the, the axiom of seeking first to understand, then being understood. And I think it's a great posture for evangelism as well.
2: If you could skip forward 10, 10 years in this neighborhood in Montreal, what What would be your ideal picture for um for how you would see god 's uh, people at work in their particular unique way in all the world uh in in that borough um, what what would be a vision of just god 's people alive and thriving there
3: You know we have a lot of um we have a lot of people like I said in our neighborhood and we get to business with them and go to school with them and share taxis with them, ride the bus. Um, I think what I want to see most is I want to see those people know that they're seen by God. Um, And I want them to know that God loves them. Uh, Beyond that, I want to see this little apostolic band of misfits, um, despite anything that I might bring to the table for them, despite me, um, I want to see them... Establish a community where people are in relationship with one another, and when they're constantly inviting other people into relationship with the church and with Christ. Um, so, I hope I hope to see that in my lifetime. I think I will see at least a great glimpse of it. Um, and it's an exciting time to to even be walking along with uh, with those who are starting the journey. Yeah. Hey. Hey.
2: This has this has been a great conversation. Um, uh, Tim, thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you for sharing a bit of your work in, in Montreal, and I hope we can, we can all, all follow. Uh, if there's a way for us to contact or f- track your story a little bit, um, how, how might we go about doing that?
3: You know, the easiest way is just to email me. Send me an email at tim.keener at me.com. And your
2: English is very good. Oh, thank you so much.
3: <laughs> I appreciate that. I worked That's very, good. very hard yeah. on my English.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, hey, I've been sitting down with uh, Tim Keener and uh, enjoying hearing a bit of what uh, God's God's doing in Montreal. Oh, merci, Preston. Merci. Salut.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much to Preston and Tim Keener for that great interview. Jared, what did you think about it? Well, a couple things
1: I thought were really uh, very interesting. One of the things that I do as sort of a researcher of Canadian church planning is is I've actually been paying uh, a lot of attention to missionaries and the way that they think. Because I'm convinced that as Canada becomes more and more secular, people get further and further from life in the church, life in faith, life in Jesus, that... We're going to have to do work like missionaries do in other countries. So to me, it's very fascinating to listen to the way a missionary thinks about things. And I can tell you Mm -hmm. that just even reading missionary journals and things like that have, have really opened up my understanding, opened up my thinking. And so what I was so appreciative about in this interview was the way that Tim thinks about being a missionary and especially the speed question um a lot as we go forward the we're not going to be able to move as fast as we used to we're used to moving that we, we're not going to be able to just start churches uh put up a shingle and have people join us that day is coming to an end uh very very soon and so uh i just appreciated uh the reminder in tim's story that sometimes you have to think longer term. I also just love the way that he comes alongside of people and is helping fan into flame, uh, Christians who want to do something in their neighborhood. That's something that's obviously near and dear to my heart. I know it's very close to yours and, uh, that's, that's the heartbeat of the new leaf network. So this idea of neighborhood engagement, again, just such an important reminder, an important way of thinking and, and just coming alongside of people. I think it's, I think it's ingenious. What did you think, El?
0: Yeah, I loved hearing the story um, of really what he's doing. And, um, yeah, definitely the idea of slow patient work uh, resonated with me. Um, We've talked about it before on the podcast, but that analogy of the seeds and switches. So, you know... We're so used to hitting a switch, pressing a button, getting an instantaneous response, but yet the scripture is full of these agricultural analogies that are talking about like sowing seed. And if you're a farmer or you've ever tried to plant a garden in your backyard, you know that it's long, hard, patient work to sow seeds and to cultivate them. And if we start to view church planting and really mission in Canada in, as a whole in that way, it, it changes a lot of our of our thinking. And uh, I hate slowing down. So uh, as a person, I love the fast paced life, and I'm sure lots of people feel the same way. And I, I find that I can sometimes apply that to faith and mission. And it was a great reminder to be slow and to be patient. And I'm, I'm really proud of the work that Tim is doing in, in Montreal and in Quebec. And I, w- I was really happy to hear that story.
1: Elle, what do we have going on in the New Leaf Network right now that people need to be aware of?
0: May 19th, we have a conference coming up in the Company of Women Reimagining Shared Leadership in the Kingdom. You can check our website, newleafnetwork.ca, in the events section for sign-up. We'd love to see you um, at that event. Sarah Bessie, Dr. Linda Ambrose, it's going to be a great time. We've got the Church Plant Design Shop coming up uh, June 2nd and 3rd, featuring uh, Jared Siebert, the one and only.
1: Yes, yours truly. And... And And Aaron Gerard from Ancaster Village Church, and uh, James Watson, who uh, Doctor, sorry, Doctor James Watson, who is uh, uh, living in Kitchener. He works for the Salvation Army, and just featuring the stories of of planters in Ontario. That's one of the things I'm really excited about. So we're going to be meeting June 2nd and 3rd. That's a Friday and a Saturday in Etobicoke. Um, There's always great events. Always a good time to connect. And form community. That's one of my that's one of our hopes this year through the events and through the things we do is is to stay focused on helping new leafers form community with each other too. So that's happening June second and third. But that's not all we got going on, no, is it? Elle?
0: October twenty fourth save the date, put that one on the calendar. Um, In the beautiful city of Montreal, we have the opportunity to have um, the pre-conference slot for the Church Plant Canada, Church Planting Canada uh, conference this year, or Congress, I guess they would call it. So we get the pre-conference slot on the 24th. So if you are close to the Montreal area, or you would like an excuse to come visit, we'd love to have you hang out. Lots of great stuff happening uh, that that week so um we're we're busy and we're happy and we're enjoying all these opportunities to actually connect face to face with people so always keep a check on our website we try to keep it as updated as we can newleafnetwork.ca and of course we're on the social medias with all the rest of the kids so um keep a keep an eye on it there if you're looking for more information
1: we're also on facebook and uh I'm looking forward to the release of our blog. There's there's some going to be some great content coming out. So so keep your eyes peeled. We'll we'll try and be communicating with you. Also, we're building uh, a bit of an email database. So if you want to hear from us on a more regular basis, once a month, you know that kind of thing. Uh, let us know. You can email either L or myself, L at newleafnetwork.ca or Jared at newleafnetwork.ca. And uh, we'll get you connected into our email list.
0: We promise we won't sell your email address for money. That's not how we won't monetize the movement that way.
1: That's not how we will. We
0: make a commitment to you for that. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us today. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon, friends. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.